This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Wednesday night, it's August 10th, 2022, another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, the champ is back, the KOP Predictions Champion, Austin Shepard's back in the house. Brooklyn Brawler took the night off, not sure where he's at, but so sad to be him, he's going to miss a good recap of, in my opinion, was the best dynamite of the year. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome, but in... He owes me big, and here's why. Because, you know, I love I love my professional wrestling, but I love my dirt car racing. Tonight started the Knoxville Nationals, which I know a lot of wrestling fans that watch us are not going to go, like, what the heck's the Knoxville Nationals? <laughs> but it is the Super Bowl of wing sprint car racing, and uh, a driver that I sponsor was qualifying tonight. So I'm trying to watch both at the same time and try to put two kids to bed. So, again, Paul, you owe me. Yeah, he owes you big time. <laughs> big time, it sounds like. And I, I pulled it off, so we're good to go. Well, you're the champ for a reason, Shep. You're the <laughs> champ for for a reason. But it's, I'm excited to talk about tonight's Dynamite. I honestly was not lying there in the intro. I thought this was the best Dynamite of the year. I I don't have much to complain about at all about tonight's show. No, and, and, and you and I have talked – Obviously, the first match of the night, Brody King. I'll let you do the read, but Brody King and, and Darby. And you know how I felt with this, the big guy versus the little guy, and their feud kind of kind of rolling up. But, all right, I got to take my hat off to this one. No, I was right there with you. I, I, I was talking about it last week when you weren't on the podcast with Paul. I said, I don't know about this coffin match. I said, I don't know if I can get behind it. You know, I because because I just had a feeling Darby was gonna win, but how they had Darby win tonight, I I can get on board with. I can get behind it. Yeah, yeah, they, they did it well, and, and that's how the show kicked off. Coffin match, which I liked, because usually the coffin match closes the shows. We've seen him close the show with Ethan Page with Andrade El Idolo, but with the interim world championship match, we knew that was gonna close the show. So why not start it with just a hectic, chaotic match with some color? coffin match and uh yeah it only took three minutes for brody king to get busted open i, I noticed that but real quick before we get into that do you notice it's a tony khan trait to where if you have basically two main events two matches that could be main events he starts and finishes with it yep yep that's yep. That, that's a tony khan trait starts it ends it hot yep yep, 
Yeah. Anyway, you yeah, said it was quick. Brody Brody got color uh, quick, and it was a lot of color. Oh, it was smeared all over his face. I mean, it was it was pretty violent, pretty violent. But uh, but I was all about it um, during the match. We saw Darby doing Darby things. Tope Suicidas flying around. Uh, saw Brody slamming him around. We saw Brody go for a splash off the apron, but Darby moved. He went through the table. We saw the lights go out. We saw returning Buddy Matthews and Malachi there to team up against Darby. But when uh, Buddy Matthews went to open up the coffin, there was Sting, which the pause was a little weird. Buddy could have punched him like five times before Sting stood up. But Sting was a little slow. A yeah, little, little slow getting up. Hey, um, he's an old man. Right, right before that, though, what a spear through the table. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, and if you looked at the back of Darby's head, there was little little bits of red. So that was some color of the hard way. But, yeah, I thought that spear was that spear was tough. And then uh, Sting, I like the face paint tonight. He had the black around his left eye. I like that with, you know, giving an indication to the black mist. And I love that he threw the bat to Malachi after beating up Buddy Matthews and Brody with the bat. Malachi takes the bat, couldn't look cooler, swinging it around like a samurai sword, and then acts like he's going to tee off on Sting, then drops and he's like, I don't need the bat. Walks away from him, Sting follows him, and then Darby goes back to doing Tope Suicida. So I, this, this Malachi-Sting kind of backstory has me pretty intrigued. Okay. Can you have a live match, a good live match between those two at all out? No. You you're gonna have to do cinematic, aren't you? Cinematic, or we're, we're gonna have a two on two with Buddy and Brody versus Sting and Darby, and Malachi's gonna go yeah. in a feud with Miro. The, okay, well, yeah, we we'll get to that later, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're leading something up to. I mean, we got a pay per view three weeks away, right? Yeah, three weeks from Sunday. And how many matches we have announced? None. Exactly. It's my <laughs> that's my point. So at some point we got we got to start announcing matches and building feuds and 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 doing a little storytelling. So yeah, get something quick. Yeah, towards the end of the match, King uh, sent Darby to the barricade, but Darby fought him off with a chain and he choked Brody King with his chain. Brody falls off the apron into the coffin, which had thumbtacks in it. Darby closes it for the win. So, like we kind of mentioned, if Darby had to go over, this was the way to do it. Yeah, this is a way to make – it almost it almost makes – it doesn't it doesn't hurt Brody. Let's put it that way. It doesn't hurt Brody. Um, doesn't make him look good, obviously, but doesn't doesn't hurt him in a sense, um, especially with Sting getting involved. Um, he, he knew the House of Black was going to get involved eventually. Um so Brody or uh, Darby be in the face, Sting Sting coming out down the road. You know, there's chance for Sting. Probably what two three minutes before Sting actually came in- involved in the match. So yeah, pretty pretty well played for a match that I was not really looking forward to. Same same here. I predicted uh, Darby to win last week. Paul actually took Brody. I said Darby's not going to lose the coffin match. It's kind of like. The Undertaker for a while with the casket match. And that was Paul's defense. He said, well, the Undertaker ended up losing some casket matches. He did. But after I don't know how many he went through before he finally lost one. So, I mean, I mean, Darby will eventually lose one. I don't know who that opponent's going to be to eventually break that streak. But Sting. Well, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. 
We then got uh, two backstage promos, one from John Moxley, one from Chris Jericho hyping up the AAW Interim Championship. Moxley talks about how uh, the Lionheart is the last true survivor of the Heart Dungeon. He wants to find out how much pain he can endure. Uh, Jericho says he'll beat Moxley. He tells Moxley to be careful of what he wishes. He says Stu Hart caused him pain he never wanted to think about again. He says he can heal a cut, but you can't fix what he's going to do to Moxley. He says he'll be the next AEW champion. Both good promos from guys who are good on the mic. Yeah, I mean, Mox. Mox is one of my favorite. I know a lot of uh, wrestling guys in the business that are uh, in the business to make a living are, are not a fan of him in the ring. Um, but he's just as... He had a couple moments in the ring that we'll get to later, but his 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 mic works awesome. He got me excited for the match tonight. He did his job. I'm getting over, and if I can nitpick him, I'm getting over this shoulder the shoulder swag. You remember remember when Cardona uh, debuted in GCW and he had the mask on and he did the shoulder. Everybody thought it was Mox Mox yeah. coming back, right? Coming back home. <laughs> it was Cardona. Okay. If you notice in his promos, he either starts it or ends it with this shoulder swag, and I, I'm just over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it's a trait of his. I get it, but maybe I don't know. I and I, I'm nitpicking. Oh, oh no! But it's kind of like his thing in AEW. I mean, when he showed up at Double or Nothing 2019, the first thing he did when he rolled in the ring when he's behind Jericho was a little little shoulder pop, kind of. So that's the thing we didn't see out of Dean Ambrose, and it's definitely in John Moxley character but i get it i get it i mean I, I can see that nitpick we then got a really fun tornado tag team match lucha bros versus lfi pinta or not Pinta. well pinta was in the match but roosh and andrade el idolo and oh, oh this match was full of action oh my gosh so so do they announce and i might have missed the intro of this one do they announce it as a tornado or a lucha rules lucha rules and then Okay. Then, then during the match, they call it tornado tag. So, okay, yeah, but it, gosh, it was fun. There's so many high spots, which you knew there was gonna be. Uh, Andrade got shoot kicked in the mouth one time. I don't know if he lost a tooth or what was going on there. Uh, I love the spot where they double knot tied Pinta's mask. I I hadn't seen that before. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's been a triple A trick or a Lucha Underground years ago trick, but I'd not seen that before. I thought that was pretty creative, and then. The fact that he sacrifices his mask to save the pinfall, and then um, uh, Alex Abrahantes throws in another mask, but then Andrade and Roosh throw it in the crowd. The crowd wants him to throw back. The crowd was into this match. Uh, and then it ends up with Roosh and Andrade getting the win, which I like. I didn't want to see either of these teams lose because I, I thought Andrade, I don't like him taking as many L's as he has been in AEW. I don't like the Lucha Bros taking as many L's as they have been. But overall, it was a really entertaining match. But next week, um, Adrade, Dragon Lee, and Roosh are going to take an L because yes. they're facing the young young Bucks and they're returning Omega. <laughs> um, and the reason I say that is because who we got returning at the end of the night, again, get to it later. So you got to give them a little bit of a boost. And Adrade, Adrade is um, – Young enough, he's chiseled. Why was he wearing a T-shirt? I was I was going to ask the same thing. I thought that was, like, at first when I was watching, I'm like, okay, he forgot to take it off. He's just going to take it off during the match. And the whole match, he's wearing it. So I'm like, did something happen to him in the last match of Flair? Like, did he get hurt? 
on his well, chest or something? I the only thing I could think like I was thinking, man, there was there was no thumbtacks. Okay, he didn't take any Ric Flair chops because obviously he's on Flair. So I was just I was thinking the same thing. Like I, I was kind of going back in my mind, like what happened? But I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I look at those little weird things like that and be like, why? Did, did, did you uh, – I'm going to go off on a little, little note here, but did you hear that on Ric Flair's podcast, he admitted he passed out twice during the match? So, <laughs> I, re- I went back and rewatched that. And, he's, I mean, like at first – the, the first when I was watching it live, I was pumped. It was great. Like, man, it couldn't have went any better. But then it, you go back and you listen to some guys like Cornette, um, uh, Conrad, I listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, he missed that. He missed that. Like, dude, he was, I don't care how trained he was, Flair was not all there. No, no. Um, I, I'm just glad he survived and didn't get even more dangerously hurt or anything. I, yeah. But but to, to say Flair said he blacked out, you know, one or two times, oh, absolutely. I can yeah. see that now. Yeah. yeah. But, but 70 million years old. Yeah. 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 And if you haven't gone and listened to some of those podcasts that Shep was mentioning, especially in my world, Jeff Jarrett, he and Conrad really dove deep into how they built this whole story behind the match. Really fascinating stuff this week. I, I uh, encourage you to go listen to that. Conrad, you think he's still doing mortgages? Dude, the guy's just raking in money all over the place. Podcasts, mortgages, whatever he wants to do. Promoting wrestling shows now, whatever he wants to do. He Good for him. Yes, yes, good for him indeed, the podfather. We then head backstage to the Young Bucks as they approach the Dark Order and Hangman. They thank, uh, Matt, Matt thanks Hangman for saving them last week. He uh, says they aren't proud of how they treated him this past year. Says his favorite time in his career and actually his life was with him, his brother, Paige together, all the guys. Matt says uh, things got weird when they headed to AEW and apologizes. Matt says he was proud when he won the uh, AEW world title, but he couldn't get the courage to tell him. He says he never would get those years back and says that they uh, might be bad people. Paige brings out the good in them. He asks Paige to be their trios partner in the upcoming trios tournament page says while he'd love to he can't because they weren't there for him as the dark order was he said this is their time he's got to be in their corner matt said it's cool and they awkwardly walk away upset so cutler's a new partner <laughs> he wants to be he wants to be um i, I want more of a cliffhanger right for him to just come out and say, yeah, I don't want to be your partner. Okay, there's only one other guy to fit that role. Um, I would love for him to, uh, in, in a perfect world, I'd say, hey, I'm your partner. Next week on Dynamite, 10 minutes before the match, he's all suited up. He approaches him and says, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. My, my load is with the Dark Order. I can't do it. I'm sorry. You know, you're going to have to – so so you, you go to commercial break and you got 10 minutes for these guys to find a partner and then you bring Omega back. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. do you think the Omega teases the Papa rating next week? Do you think he actually does return and is the Bucks partner next week against against Dragon Lee, Roosh, and Andrade? It's, or do – I mean, I, I got to think they're going to wait till all out, but 
with this story, I don't know how they can. It, it's it's got to be because uh, Tony Khan promised a, a big return. Or, no, I'm afraid. A big surprise tonight. We got that. And it wasn't Omega. Because you, you said that even earlier, maybe today or yesterday, you, you made a comment about somebody coming back. If you're going to take the Bucks out of the if you're gonna do if you're gonna take the Bucks out of the tag team picture uh, against all out, because we wanted them in FTR. If you're gonna take them out, you've gotta put you know something else on them. So yeah, I I mean Omega's coming back next week. If if he doesn't if they maybe if they just say hey we don't have a partner and they end up beating them two on three, okay, I like that. But that's a pretty damn good team of three guys to lose to the Bucks. Right, right, and and I mean I guess they could throw Cutler in there, but I just don't foresee that happening. Or maybe they get some, some other former Bullet Club guy to come in. Yeah, but. If you start a tournament with somebody, you got to right. finish it with them, right? You know. So, well, here's here's my. I'm gonna put my. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab a pen. I wish I had a pencil. I'm gonna. And here's here's how I would book it. So I'm looking at the trios tournament, which is unbelievable, by the way. The bracket: um, Young Bucks and Question Mark versus Adrada El Idolo, Dragon Lee and Roosh. And at the top of the bracket, you got Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. I mean, my God, right there, that surprised me. And on the other side, you got House of Black versus Dark Order and the Trust Busters versus the Best Friends, which we'll get into in a little bit. So looking at the brackets, if, if I had the pencil, I have the Young Bucks and question mark, let's say Omega, face the Dark Order in the championship for the trios. Hangman's in their corner. Hangman turns on the Dark Order and rejoins the Elite. I can see that because I don't think the crowd, I, I don't, I don't think the fans are behind him as a huge face right now. Yeah, he and, and we look at the Dark Order as a little bit of a comedy skit. So if he turns on them, I don't think it really affects them at all. But it puts him over as a bigger heel. Yeah, I, I, I'd go along with that. But yet, at the same time, I don't know if you put all those guys heel – with the undisputed era being healed, and 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 those guys must legitimately be not cleared for action, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, because they're not in the bracket at all. Right. Um, and and the Bucks made it sound like we're not going to see them for a while. Right. So um, I got a little bit of a of a weird feeling of the trios match, um, and we'll get to it when FTR came out with Warload. Can you imagine those three? The real pinnacle, as I called them on Twitter. Yeah. So I'm thinking, man, I got to think when they came out and helped them, I'm like, man, you throw them in the trio's title? Okay, you could you could have you could have the tag team titles with, with Strickland and Keith. You could have them face somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you could have them face the acclaimed. There you go. Out. There you go. You know, have them face the acclaimed at all out, and then all of a sudden you put even more gold on FTR. Yeah, but again, that's I, it's more fantasy than anything. But it, it'll be interesting because 
even though I just fantasy booked the Dark Order versus the Unbucks and Omega, I hate to see the House of Black get knocked out in the first round. I'm a I'm a big fan of those guys. Yeah, but I I kind of like I'd like to see uh, um, a Miro and Malachi. That's Malachi, right. You're, so right. you're right. You're right. You're I was right. gonna make something else, but I really like to see them two it all out. I think yeah. I think they could. I think they could steal the show. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, no. No. I agree. I kind of forgot about that, even though I already mentioned that earlier. So, yeah, that's a good point. All right. We then saw a squash match. Luchasaurus squashed Anthony Henry. I do like how Luchasaurus is still in his heel gear, heel theme music. I like that. That uh, maybe I'm just grasping on straws here, but I'm just hoping we're going to see a Luchasaurus still a heel turn, kind of a another swerve, because I just think it fits him better. I think it does. The only difference between a really good heel is is Mike work. Right. He's not good on Mike. I mean, no. MJF is a is the hellacious heel because he can talk, not because of what he does in the ring. It's because of what he talks about. Right. You right. know, the same way with Jericho. 2.0. Magic Mike, man. Yep. I love yep. that guy talking every week. Oh, every week. So, so yeah, Luchasaurus doesn't talk. He makes noises. He's a dinosaur. Right, right. Uh, after the match, we saw Christian Cage on the screen. Says he wants to uh, rip his headset off, but Minneapolis doesn't deserve to see him. Jungle Boy finds him backstage. Security holds him back, but Luchasaurus takes takes him down, and he headbutts Pat, Pat Buck. We see a Pat Buck appearance on screen. I'm not a big Pat Buck fan. I'm not either. I was just surprised to see him on screen. He so could have headbutting partner. <laughs> and we, backstage, we see uh, Miro talking, and Julia Hart approaches him and tells him to embrace the darkness like she did. I love this line. He says the only woman that can touch yes. touch. There's only one woman that could touch him, and she's not it. And then he knows his path is to destroy the House of Black. So I, I'd like to I, I'd like to see that match at all out with a debuting CJ Perry is what she's going by now, aka Lana. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she wasn't good in the ring back in her days in the uh, the other company, but she's she she could be a good manager and she's good on the mic like. She's just enough to get under your skin where you don't like her. Right. So, She's still entertaining. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She still has a little charisma and she's entertained. So, yeah. I, I think that's a little segue. Maybe they bring her in for a match. I, I don't think we need to put her in the women's division because it's cloudy enough. Right. Um, but, yeah, to have her come back and, and be the valet, absolutely. And I feel like Miro's been teasing this ever since he got into AEW. So maybe now is the perfect time. Now you can have another woman in the storyline. So yep. mm-hmm. we then see Powerhouse Hobbs backstage with Mark Henry. The factory approach him and say they can take care of Starks. Hobbs tells them not to uh, make th- his problem theirs. So and then at ringside, we get Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Satnam Singh head to the ring. Dutt says he is on a high after Battle of Belts 3. He says they did the unthinkable to Wardlow, and they aren't done with him yet. Lethal says they will come find him again if he doesn't come to them for the title. Wardlow comes to the ring and says they can get their title shot if he can beat all three of them. FTR's music hits, crowd pops, they come to the ring. Lethal, Dutton, Singh retreat, and the six-man 
six men stare one another down. Lethal tries to attack them from behind, but Wardlow catches him. FTR delivers the big rig on him. Head backstage to the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, they're going to have a little bit of the bubbly later, and Garcia says he owns Danielson because he is the Dragon Slayer. Then Anna JAS, as she goes by now, chokes out a backstage official. So what was, uh, what's his face? Um, Sanjay Dutt, what was he trying to find under the ring? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know if he's trying to find a table or what he there, was there, to was, do. there was something. Yeah. Because they even, they even uh, brought it up on commentary. Um, I don't know if it was Excalibur saying he kept searching. Um, so there was something there that was botched. Yeah. Um, and I don't and I and I, I like Jay Lethal a lot. I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers out yeah, there. I like Jay Lethal a lot. Um but this the Satinum Singh dude. Is, unfortunately I think we're gonna get him and Wardlow. Which I not It'll be a cool spectacle to see Wardlow powerbomb him. Don't get me yeah, wrong. It would be. He's seven foot seven hundred and but to do it properly, Warlow needs to beat him in five minutes or under. Yeah. Let let the guy come in and get him some big chops, you know, yeah. kind of like the great Khali back then. Get him some big chops, take some big chops, take a take a clothesline, take a boot, and then be done with it. Five mm-hmm. minutes, we're done. Let's move on to the next match. Well, we need to see him, really, if they're going to build to that, and I know we only have three weeks, we need to see him in some squash matches, squash some other guys before he goes against Warlow. Yeah. I mean, just have them squash them. Yeah. Jobbers. I mean, anything. Hopefully, hopefully we get that next week at Dynamite or Rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't I don't think you can build a feud going into All Out on Dark. So, Not know. very well. No, not very well. We then see Ricky Starks against Aaron Solo. Um, the factory comes to the ring. Ricky Starks follows. The bell rings. Solo charges at Starks. Starks takes him down with a clothesline. Um, Solo, uh, but Solo got the upper hand because Cole Carter caused a distraction. Solo hit him with the under under the chin, but Starks comes back with a DDT. He hits a spear, gets the win. After the match, Nick Comrado heads to the ring with a chair. But Starks is a huge spine buster before Solo attacked him from behind. Starks escapes through the audience as other members of the factory chase him down. They they pan the camera backstage and we see an angry powerhouse Hobbs smash a table. To start, I love how AEW pulls down the curtain and shows that Starks and Solo were tag teams on the indie mm-hmm. back in the when they were down near teenagers. I love that they show that because you're not going to get that in other companies. No, you're not. So it brings it it brings some personal personality, some personal history into these things. Like, all right, these guys are going to fight because they used to be good friends. Type right. So I love that about it. Um, I love the quick match. I love Starks. Uh, Solo, I think Solo could be a really good mid-upper mid carter, um, given the chance. Um, but he's, he's got a lot he's got a lot of a lot of ways to go. But, yeah, I like Starks. So we get that match, and then all of a sudden we see Powerhouse Hobbs just slamming a TV. Is it? I'm a little confused by that. Why is he mad that Starks won? 
I think so. That's how I took it. Mad that the factory couldn't. I don't, know, I don't know, but, but but what he told him was, "Don't make my problem yours." So yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to join join factory, up with the right. factory, but yeah, he's mad. If I don't know, yeah, that was a little little that, blurry. That was a little blurry. I, I know a lot of people on the IWC are pumped about this feud, and I think it would be a good match at all out, Starks and Hobbs. Yeah. Um, and, and the only reason I would go with this, because, again, you go to my, to my theory, big versus little. And not that Starks is little, okay? Um, but Powerhouse can has a lot of mobility in that ring. So he can work with a guy the size of Starks and make it entertaining. So. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked great last year at Grand Slam against Punk. Yeah. I mean, did. Punk's not the smallest dude, but he's not the biggest dude. So. Right. Mm-hmm. We then go backstage, Lexi Nair, daughter of DDP and the Gun Club. Uh, we see both of them. Billy asks his sons how they would single-handedly ruin a match he created. Stokely, <laughs> Stokely Hathaway approaches Austin. Colton Gunn offers them his card like he is everybody lately. Billy tells him to have a bad day. Billy says he made a match for them on Rampage before Dan Housen walks in and says he can't wait to meet them in the ring with the big bearded guy, a.k.a. Eric Redbeard, who I knew from Fightful earlier today. Fightful confirmed a report from Cassidy Hayes of uh, Bodyslam.com that Redbeard was backstage. So, so two things. I love that uh, Billy Gunn brought up the match he made famous. Mm-hmm. And the same spot that his boys took, if you remember talking back in the day, it really injured Chainsaw Charlie. Yes, we talked about that last week. Yep. Okay. Yep. AKA the Funker. Mm-hmm. Funker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Funk. Then the best part of this whole promo, when Dan Housen comes and touches, I think it was Colton, right? Yes. Touches him on the shoulder, and Colton slaps it, and he said, "Don't touch me." It, but it was so real. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, but it's like you could tell, like, oh, he's pissed. <laughs> like those two spots that that Billy Gunn brought up, the, the you know the the match he made famous, and then Colton just slapping the hand, go, "Don't touch me, dude!" Like mm-hmm. you're annoying. Like I, oh, yeah. And, and you know, I know the I know the ass boys get a lot of flack online. I enjoy when they're on TV because it's always entertaining. Very entertaining. I mean, no they, matter what they're they, doing. So They got a lot of charisma from their father. They do. So, um, and and I love that uh, Stokely called him Grandpa Ass. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was funny. Stokely's getting quite a stable going. He is, but he's... I don't like him. I, I, wanna, I know you don't. I know you don't. I want to punch him. But <laughs> again, that's, that's what he wants you to do, though. That's what he's wanting. But, but if you think about it, he's he's entertaining, so he's doing his job. Even though I want to punch him, I still want to see him, right? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Yep. We then uh, go uh, back from the break. The best friends in Orange Cassie are, are uh, approached by the Trust Busters, Ari Davari. And uh, offers Cassidy a spot in the group to launch him in the superstar room. He says no. Davari says he will learn firsthand what happens to people who say no to him. They will uh, fight at Rampage on Friday. I was excited to see Parker Boudreaux. So let's let's back up six months. wasn't Wasn't this Parker guy 
like on the WWE radar, like the next Brock. Yes, they build him. He played football at the University of uh, Central Florida. Right. And, and they signed him right out of college. They build him as an ex Lesnar, which doomed the kid to fail right away. I mean, he has the look. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, come on. So he was in well, NXT. He's not as big as Lesnar. But no, he's-, he's not. And he was in NXT for a while. They changed his gimmick, made him shave his head. And then he was earlier this year in the, one of their many rounds of cuts. So yeah. Tony Khan swept in, got him created this faction on dark they've been having a bunch of dark matches matches on dark i should say so now they finally get their dynamite debut tonight so uh, who, who's the guy with the hat on crooked uh slim j i think his name is snap into a slim jim so i think it's <laughs> slim j they all three of them are at least Ari uh davari he, he's doing some backstage work too with aw he was former guy in wwe NXT. Yeah, so, we all we all know Davari. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the the Parker guy though, I just remember they were just so high. Oh I, yeah, he he. There was nowhere for him to go but down. I mean, it was. Did he ever make NXT TV? Yeah, he was on NXT for a while, but was they it? changed his character. They shaved his head, and I don't know if he was just too green or what. I mean, he was he was featured on NXT, but he didn't ever come to fruition like they thought he would. Gotcha. Then they cut him. Um, yeah. And I just thought he needed more reps, to be honest. I, I, I'm excited to see what they can do with him. So. Well, if he, if he needs more reps, put him on dark, put mm-hmm. him on rampage, but um, and then eventually get him to dynamite. But, it, you know, there's a lot of people really, really high on that kid. So Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they're in the trios against the best friends, so that'll be an interesting spot. Man, best friend's got to go over on that one. I would think. You would, you would, you would have to. Just, just because of orange, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and we I was talking last week, you know, he's I know he's won some matches lately, but he's taking a lot of L's in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Him and Darby both. That and Trent too. Like yeah. like Trent was a I wanna say a crowd favorite, but he had a lot of backing and, and I I like Trent. So but, and I think I think Chuck Taylor in Reigns one of the most underrated guys in the company. Chuck Taylor is good in the ring, but he doesn't have the look. I I agree. And I agree. Trust me, I'm the last person that should complain <laughs> about physique, right? <laughs> but you don't see me in the middle of the ring. So yes, yeah. Get get a little physique on him, but yeah. And, and I enjoy stuff on. Uh, on, on BTE and stuff on Mondays and, and going for the BTE title. I, I enjoy that stuff. He's very entertaining. Um, so yep. yeah, you got to, you got to put them over on this new faction called the, what is it called? Again? Trust, trust busters. Not the best name. I gotta be honest, but name at all, <laughs> especially the guy that wears a, a visor backwards. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. 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 Hey, I saw uh, Denise Salcedo, who does uh, some work for various platforms out there, including Fightful. She had a good tweet. Woodstock, I think it was like 66, and it was the best friends. Woodstock 99, and it was the Trust Busters. I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> With the way they were dressed, that's pretty good. Well, it's really good if you've watched the documentary on Netflix. I heard The Miz, I heard the Miz was on there. I've watched the first two episodes, and it's crazy. 
I have not watched it yet. In 1999, I was uh, 16 years old. So I was seven. So <laughs> you're lucky. Um, I need to watch the next two episodes, but yeah. So far, that documentary on Netflix is crazy, and like I could imagine being there when I was 19, 20 years old, like most of these people are. But anyways, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> it's a whole nother podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, then we get our only women's match of the night tonight. Uh, TBS championship on the line. Jay Cargill against the uh, new acquisition, the new women's coach who made her debut on Rampage on Friday, Madison Rang. This was a fun match. Um, the result was never in doubt for me. Jade Cargill won, hitting Jaded at the end, bringing her winning streak up to 36-0. and And that's a legit 36-0. and It's not a Goldberg win streak where it went from 80-0 to to 110-0 in two weeks. Um, but, uh, we, they, they were counting house matches. They were counting house matches and matches that didn't really even happen. Uh, but uh, we saw after the match that Athena was dressed up as one of the baddies. She beats up Jade Cargill and, uh, then Kara Hogan pulls Cargill out of the ring. So you got to think that's where we're heading for the TBS title for all out. Finally, Athena versus Jade. And I think, I think we will see Athena over Jade. It all out. Not trying to give you one of my picks, but because they want to elevate Jade into the uh, main title picture. It's got to be time, right? I mean, if you don't pull the trigger now, who's going to I mean, be? Who are you going to build build up enough to take her out? I mean, we've been what seven, eight months with with Jade at TBS title. Yeah, it was in the fall last year. So yeah, okay. So. She's she's ran her course. You got to somehow get the title off of her. Athena would be uh, a person who has proven herself in AEW, out of AEW, whether it's WWE or in in the Indies. She can work. She's got a following. That'd be somebody that could take the title off of Jade, and then just make Jade somehow work her way into the uh, main title picture against Thunder Rosa or whoever it would be at the time. And it looks like it would be Thunder Rosa or Tony Storm because Chris Statlander has an injury. I think that's a legit injury. She hurt herself on dark, I believe, her knee again, uh, which is too bad. That that woman just cannot stay healthy. I I feel bad for her because every time she gets momentum, something happens. So it looks like we're going to get a feud between Thunderstorm, their team, for the AW Women's Championship. And I kind of like your theory there. I kind of like the more I think about it. Athena knocked off Jade. I would have Thunder beat Tony, even though Tony is really impressive to me, and I hate seeing her take too many L's. But I like the idea of Jade being the one to knock off Thunder and take that title. Yeah. Um, again, if you're if you're going into the booking of All Out, if you have a Thunderstorm going against each other, we go back to the last pick a few. I really wanted Tony Storm. I really thought Tony Storm would would end the title reign of of Thunder Rosa, just because I feel like it was lackluster, mm-hmm. and they needed to have some some freshness into that into that group. Now, now you get an injury, um, and the only other person really is is Britt Baker, but she's been gone for a while. You can, you know, again, we're three weeks out. You got to, you got to have some storytelling. You got to build up something. So, you know, 
Tony Storm and her have been on TV for the last couple of weeks. I don't know. You're going you're gonna to get something along those lines at, at All Out. So. I will say the tag match last week between Thunderstorm and Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker was one of my favorite women's matches of the year. It was very I thought good. that was really good. It was very good. And then I felt really bad for Jamie Hayter Friday on Rampage breaking her nose. It's kind of funny when – broken noses happen in wrestling like with the guys i don't really feel bad it happens as wrestling but when the when it happens to a woman i feel really bad <laughs> and, and, and she was on the offensive yeah yeah that was the thing it's you know it's different if you're on the defense she was on the offense and 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 got that knee kind of mm. with knee or a thigh kind of on that brain buster it was God. i watched i watched the replay on it it was it made me have a little bit of a concussion. <laughs> yeah, I, I was sure she was in a ton of pain later on. Uh, that's never fun. Broken nose, not fun. not fun. And then we get the main event tonight, and it lived up to the billing. John Moxley defending his AW interim world championship, even though he doesn't want the interim title. And JR made it clear tonight he doesn't like the interim title being uh, named or being used as the as the name for the title versus Chris Jericho, who came out as Lionheart music. Attire and all, loved it. I, I love that. But going back to your, if you may, if you think about it, Moxley said it, Jr. said it. I don't want this interim BS. In our mind, we should have said, "Okay, Punk's coming back." Should have, but I didn't. No, we didn't. We there was Easter eggs right there two, the whole two, night. Two weeks ago, we're reading reports. He's out at Comic Con and can barely walk. We got worked. <laughs> Yes, we did. <laughs> We're reading at Comic-Con. He can barely walk. He's in so much pain. I'm like, that's two weeks. So like, yep. shoot, he's never going to be back for all out. Like, yep. we weren't even thinking what's going to happen tonight. Nope. And those two just even put little little sprinkles on top of the Sunday. They gave the Easter eggs right there, right in front of our face. We couldn't see them. We're colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> colorblind but I, I and you were talking about earlier you know the callback last week to the dumpster match between the new age outlaws chainsaw charlie and cactus jack it, it, it it's like tonight with the lion lion heart stuff which they've built up for the last few weeks that's what i love about aw tony khan has a lot of callbacks he's not afraid to go back and pay tribute to stuff we don't see that in a lot of other companies we don't and the big thing with jericho we got the pain maker a couple weeks ago, we've had Le Champion, we've had Lionheart. I feel like Jericho knows, and, and and I'm not being a jerk because I'm an AEW fan, but I'm not being a jerk saying he's on his last run. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So he's trying to get all these, all of his personas in, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether we get another year of Jericho, six months of Jericho, two years of Jericho, probably not much more than two years of Jericho. Let's let's get them all in. And his old theme music, his ring attire. Um, the only thing that you couldn't say is his he didn't have the bleach blonde hair he had back in the day when he was up in, in, in Canada doing doing that. Um but the first, you know, couple, like, what'd you say, eight, nine minutes of the match was kind of a technical wrestling match. Sure. Yeah. Um, which he would have learned at the Heart Dungeon. You know, he always talked about how Stu stretched him. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that part of it. I like that aspect of it. And then the then, then we get into the whole earring thing. 
And I got to think about it. Like, he pulled that earring out. I'm like, eh, he just opened it up, pulled it out. But there's two things that could have happened. Because towards the end, there was a couple camera shots of Moxley's ear. A, he could have, A, really ripped the thing out. Okay, happened. Or B, Moxley colored his own ear. And I can't remember. I can't think which one I want to believe. I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was a little bit of both because I will. I will. You can't go in the middle, Tanner. Well, well, <laughs> I I will admit that I'm, I'm in this on the podcast. Nobody can see my close up, and I, I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm like, when I was in college, I got my ears pierced, so okay. I, I wore earrings for for a couple of years. Though, if that thing comes out, that hurts if you don't loosen it up at all, and uh, it can, it will definitely draw blood. Now, to the amount of blood that Moxley had tonight, that's got to be a little bit of a blade. Okay, so, so you don't think he actually ripped, ripped the hole? I don't think so. Where, I think, I, I, I mean, yeah. I think we would have seen like potential skin like flapping if he if he just ripped okay. out with with the with the force. But Moxley's a crazy son of a bitch, so I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we won't be shocked either way. But uh, anyways, I know I'm getting sidetracked here. But that's all right. He, I was shocked at that. Until uh, Jericho took the turnbuckle spot, and then A that either really busted him open the hard way, or B he bladed himself so deep that it was it was over the top because towards the end they gave him a rag to cover it up because he's been so bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think he, I think he got a gusher. I think yeah. I think he bladed himself a little deep. Yeah. He got a little excited. I don't know. We knew we were going to get color on Twitter on, on the KOP Twitter account. I said, "Who's getting color this match? Mox, Jericho, or both?" Everybody's like, "Both." End up being both. Uh, I thought Jericho looked great tonight. I looked like I thought he looked to be in great shape. Um, so kudos to him. Which I know that goes back to his health scare last year, which he talked about on Talk Is Jericho on an episode last month. How he really got severely sick overseas on a Fozzie tour. And whatnot, uh, but this match was fun. It was hard hitting, had color. Oh, I I I was ticked when they went into picture in picture when he had the walls locked in, but after I saw what they did, had the walls locked in the whole commercial break, that was awesome. Yeah, well, right right before they went to commercial break, Moxley kind of laid down like he was out, and I'm like, wait a minute, we still yeah. got like eight eight. 10 minutes of television left. It's way too early for this. And then they went to picture and picture. I'm like, okay, they're not going to finish the match in picture. They, they all know this. Um, but yeah, until they came back is, is until he made the move. So. Yeah. No, it was good. Crowd, crowd was loving this match. There was a, this is awesome chance. Um, we saw uh Jericho counter, uh, Moxley's two-handed sludge off the top into a code breaker and went for the pin, but Moxley kicked out. Jericho began ripping the pads off the turnbuckle. Sammy Guevara tosses tosses, uh, his bat. (laughs) Bad throw by Sammy. Overshot him a little bit, so they had to improvise (laughs) improvise really quickly, and he had to go grab that out of the ring, and Aubrey had to be distracted a little longer. Uh, But uh, Jericho... Hit Moxie with that. Moxie kicked out. Moxie sent Jericho face first into the exposed turnbuckle, which you said bust him open. Then he hit the juice effect. JR is saying nobody's ever kicked out the juice effect. Well, Moxley did. And I'm pretty sure Moxley did at 2020 Revolution. I could be mistaken, but I thought he kicked out of it that night too. Um, 
And uh, then Jericho grabbed the AEW championship from the outside, but Moxley moved out of the way. Jericho, when Jericho tried to hit him, Moxley locked in the rear naked choke. Jericho countered back into the walls. Uh, Moxley escaped and, and fired down some elbows on Jericho's back, got the rear naked choke hold, and Jericho tapped out. Let's back up a couple bit, a couple mm-hmm. minutes. If you ever watched Moxley in those false finishes, when when the when the pin starts, his eyes are closed. Yep. And then all of a sudden, his eyes open up, and he looked. He's looking at Aubrey. Yep. And and, and I get it because he wants to make sure. Obviously, he doesn't get the right. freak out. But it's like, man, and and. Maybe, maybe when you're in the arena, obviously you're not going to see that. Right, right. But we're on television. We get that different. We get that different camera angle. Right. And it's like there was the first two false finishes. I'm like, hey, you know, there was maybe the third false finish. I'm like, ooh, I could, I could see Jericho. All of a sudden, I'm thinking Jericho Punk. Jericho Until you see Punk, the eyes. You know, but then all of a sudden his eyes pop open. I'm like, oh, it's because yep. he wants to make sure he kicks out. Yep. I, I probably picked up on that watch. Oh, you know, we've both watched a lot of wrestling over the years. I probably picked up on that probably about like six or seven years ago, the eyes thing. And ever since I did that, it's kind of like it's ruined false finishes for me because I look for that. And if I see the guy's eyes open, I'm like, he's kicking out. Well, and, and Moxley's one that does it more than a lot. Well, the reason he does it more than a lot is because he has blood covered. <laughs> That's with a good point. Eyes, and all of a sudden you see white eyelids or white you know, the whites of your eye, you're like, oh, he's, he's out. He, you know, there's blood. And all of a sudden you see the white of his eyes and he kicks out. So that's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, but great. Hey, they gave him what about, they gave him about 20 minutes. Yeah. Darn near 25. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. I, I know people criticize the way Jericho works at his age. And there's been people saying that, Moxley's an awful pro wrestler. The only reason he's getting the way he is because of the way he can talk. But I was thoroughly entertained on this match. Um, there was a couple spots where Moxley, he was out on the outside of the ring and he was trying to drop some elbows and they looked a little yes, looked a little cheesy. But, again, I'm nitpicking. Um, and the reason I'm nitpicking is because I really want to say this was a great match and I enjoyed it. And then there's going to people say that, well, you know, he's a bad wrestler, yada, yada. You know, Jericho's 54 years old, whatever. But, no, thoroughly entertained, great main event. It went 20-plus minutes. And, again, it's on free television. You know, mm-hmm. we're pretty damn spoiled when it comes to the matches we get on AEW compared to other companies. 100%. And after the match – we saw uh, Sammy and Hader hit the ring, start to beat down Moxley. Jericho's up, then Claudio, and then uh, the rest of the of the BCC except Danielson. So Claudio, uh, Wheeler, Yuda, Eddie Kingston, Ortiz. Well, which they're not part of the BCC, but they're part of this whole feud with the JAS. They come, even the odds actually take the numbers advantage. Then we see the rest of of uh, JAS Garcia, uh, Magic uh, Daddy Daddy Magic. Uh, Cool hand edge, they come down the ring. So it's like gang warfare. It's like, all right. So I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to end, whatever. We're going to get Jericho Moxley three and all out. And then Cult of Personality hits and the roof blows off the target center. 
the Timberwolves yeah. have been so bad for 20 years. The Target Center hasn't got enough action like like this tonight. And and and, and Punk's music hits. Punk comes out. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat, my of my couch. My eyes are open. I'm like, oh my god, he's walking just fine. He runs out, clears the ring. We get to face to face confrontation with him and Moxley. Moxley flips him the bird, gives him a shoulder as he heads out to the ring. So. That's going to be our main event of All Out. We've seen Ambrose versus Punk, but we've never seen Moxie versus Punk, and I can't freaking wait. So the the debut or the re-debut of Punk was a complete shock. I thought, you know, when the uh, combat club came down, I'm like, okay, maybe we're going to get some they, – they advertised Danielson coming back Friday. Obviously, they're taping Friday tonight. Right. It's not a live show, so he's backstage. So I'm thinking, man, maybe they just throw a little curveball at us and, and we see him come out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Eddie Kingston fan, so I love that they brought him out there, which he was out there for, you know, two minutes or whatever. I'm thinking, man, I, I, I remember sitting on my couch. Of course, it's an hour or so ago. Yeah. And I looked up, and it's, it's – it's 9.56. I'm like, we have four minutes of television left. Mm. Something's going to happen. And then all of a sudden that hits, and here comes Punk. And like you said, the first thing I looked when he came out of that tunnel, I'm looking at that foot, I'm like, he's not even limping. And he, you know, so yeah. uh like the longer hair of Punk. If you notice, he had a little longer hair tonight. I like mm-hmm. the longer beard. And once he cleared the ring, if you notice, he did the old uh, uh, Scotty Too Hotty one thing to show his foot's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, oh, he was loving it tonight. He was loving yeah. loving being back. And you know what? He's a face. Mox, I consider a face, but I love that Mox turned around, flipped him off, told yep. him to F off. Yep. I'll see you later. Yep. And away I go. Oh, it's going to be a fun main event to all out. I mean, it's, it's one of the bigger matches they can do in the company, no matter who you put across the ring from each other. It's one of the bigger ones they can do. So uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, I don't know who I'm going to have win yet in my predictions, but I think we see a uh, a return after the match, though. Yeah. I think we see uh, Mr. MJF. Ooh. Especially if Punk know. wins. Especially if Punk wins. It's in Chicago. It is. Except, except I, I did make a prediction a few weeks ago, and I still kind of like this too, that MGF returns at Grand Slam in late September. I think it's on the 21st. And Britt Baker, she could be trolling all of us, but today on Twitter at 921, she posted a picture of her and MJF at 921. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I might be looking way into that. Again, all all of uh, all the dirt sheets you read, and I know we're we're fans when it comes to that. They all say this this stuff is real, and I know they they, they even made a comment that um, Tony Khan can hold this against MJF, using it as injury time and just extend his contract, yeah. so he wouldn't necessarily be able. To leave it at twenty twenty four, I think is when it's up, right? I, uh, yeah, well, that, yeah, yeah, because he's through next year because he he kept bringing up in the promos the great yeah. money wars of twenty twenty four. And the last we've heard is he was doing some uh, contact 
uh, content for Impractical Jokers, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, True TV, TBS, TNT. They're all the same company. Mm-hmm. So then I got to thinking, can can Tony and MJF really just lay low enough to play us? I think they can. And if you remember correctly, you might be a little too young. Do you remember Sandman and Paul Heyman in ECW when he got his eyes burnt because of the fireball? And Sandman literally hid for like 45 days. No TV, no appearances, no nothing. This is back right when people are getting to be smart fans on the internet. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you watch any ECW uh, documentaries, they talk about this. Like he literally hid in his house. He would not even get groceries in his own hometown because he was playing the cave. He's playing the thing. Like, hey man, my eyes are burnt. I'm blind. I can't do it. And all of a sudden he shows up, and and it got the biggest pop ever. So I'm thinking, is Tony Khan, who was a huge ECW mark. Can he just say, hey, look, I'm going to take this one step further. I'm going to take one of these guys that has the internet, this, this, and this, and I'm going to make him just just hibernate. I can see it. And Max would be the guy to do it because oh. he, he lives his character. And, yeah. and you know, if, if this is all at work, which I still think it is, I just think it's a really good handcrafted work. I mean, they've done a good job at it. They've pulled all his merch off the stores. I mean, they he's out of all the promo packages, out of all the intros, everything. I mean, they've made us want to forget about him. And I, I think I think this Tony Khan is the twenty twenty two version of the nineteen ninety six seven version of Paul Heyman. And I know Paul Heyman right now is on television right now. He is the best he's ever been. But when it comes to wrestling minds, I don't know if there's anybody better than Paul Heyman. I I can't argue with that. Now, we go into wrestling historians. Yeah, we talk about your boy Cornette and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, overall wrestling minds, and we'll, we'll throw Vince out of there because – Vince is Vince. He's delusional. But, I mean, this guy is – I'm talking about Heyman – is 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 the best. Mm-hmm. And I really think Tony looks up to him, and he's going to say, hey, Paul did it. I can do it this way. We just got to go a step further because of technology, social media, internet. 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah. So – my feeling on MJF, I don't think we'll ever see him in WWE. Um, that could be a bold prediction, even, you know, because he's only 26 or 7 years old, I think MJF is. Uh-huh. I mean, he's got another 20 years of, of wrestling but, uh, ahead of him. But Yep. No, I agree. I Even though it's a new a new face on WWE, We'll see how long the newness lasts. I mean, it, it looks like a better product so far. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But so maybe there is more of a chance now than there was a couple months ago, but I, I still think, don't see it. I think I sent you, you know, Triple H is going back to WWF. <laughs> you did. That 90s account doesn't miss. Oh, it's 90s awful. account's unbelievable. Makes me chuckle every time. It's, it's great content. 90s WWF, I think it's. I think it is, on or 90s wrestling or something like that. 
So, but uh, next uh, Friday night's Rampage card looks good. Next week's Dynamite card looks good, and there's another theme. It's the House of Dragon. So everybody talking about AEW being in trouble for their revised TV contract. I don't think Turner would be doing this type of stuff if they weren't fans of AEW. No, I, I, Turner's putting a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of money behind these guys right yeah. now. Yeah, and I, I I know their ratings are really close um, to WWE. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. But right now, I I think it's one of their highest rated shows. So, yeah, you know, yeah. What else are you gonna put on a Wednesday night at from eight to ten o'clock that would beat those ratings? There's, I mean, on TBS you, at least. If you look at TBS up until eight o'clock, it's you know reruns of Big Bang Theory. Right, so. right, right, right. They, exactly. they don't have any new content. Exactly. So, but a great show tonight. With that said, who's your wrestler of the night, Chip? This is a tough one. It is a very tough one because there's a lot um, of good good candidates tonight. Uh, my wrestler of the night is going to be Lionheart Chris Jericho. Even in a loss. Even in a loss. I thought the guy at 50-whatever did very, very well. And performed above his level and sold me on a lot of things where there was a point where I'm thinking, damn, are they really going to switch this belt? And I can see Tony doing it on a dynamite. Yep. That why I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, that wouldn't even cross my mind. I'm thinking, okay, all right, we're going to get a Jericho punk at all out or, or we're going to get a, um, this was series two, so we're gonna get a we're gonna get a you know best of three, best of five, whatever. I mean, it got me thinking just because of the way he was performing. So again, he wins. That's my wrestler of the night. Good, good call, good call. I mean, he it's twenty twenty two, and he's still put on good matches. I mean, at his age, unbelievable. Yeah. Got, nobody's reinvented themselves throughout professional wrestling history better than Chris Jericho. No, and I think there was one thing right when he went for his first uh, Walls of Jericho. They got a close-up. His knee braces and knee pads are ridiculous. His knees must be just shot. Yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised he still wrestles as much as he does. I'm surprised by now in his fourth year at AEW, he doesn't sporadically wrestle while still appearing on TV. He wrestles a lot more than I thought he would. Yeah, he's once or twice a month for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. My wrestler of the night, thought about going with Darby, thought about going with Mox. I feel like those are kind of easy picks. I'm going with Andrade. All right, yeah, yeah. He's had a good few weeks lately. Yeah, he has. That that The only reason I didn't pick any guys from that, or Andrade, or anybody's from that match is because I thought all four of those guys were badass. Yeah, they all they all were great. I could have picked any one of them. Yeah, got a comment here from uh, Wonderful on YouTube. The knees almost definitely, the, the knees almost gave out most definitely. Yeah. yeah, talking about Jericho. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, what's your overall rating of the show tonight? Ooh, this is one of the better shows, so I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm going eight point one. Eight one. Okay. All right. Oh. Do I do I do it? Do I do it? I, I'm going to pull the trigger. I think it's my highest rated Dynamite ever. I'm going 9-1. Oh, wow. 9-1. I, I, very little I can complain about tonight. 
Yeah. I, and I know you, you got nitpicky with some stuff. and I'm nitpicky. Yeah, and, but, but. And, and don't call me the uh, the uh, Dave Portnoy pizza review <laughs> where 8.1 is a, a tremendous score. Oh, yeah, sure. But sure. Uh, there's just a couple things, you know, we didn't even talk about this, but the Jade Cargill pump kick to Kara Hogan on the on the side. Yeah, she whiffed. She whiffed. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And again, I'm nitpicking, but eight one's a hell of a score. Yeah. It was a hell of a dynamite. It was. And again, this is weekly television. This is not something that we're doing special. It, and if it, they can consistently do this type of content, dude, we're lucky. And I feel like Tony gave a big F you to a lot of his criticizers out there on the IWC because AEW has been catching some slack lately from internet fans. You know, WWE's got to re-sign all their old guys. Now Triple H has had a creative, blah, 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 blah. So I thought we were going to get a good show tonight. It exceeded my expectations even, but I thought Tony was going to be like, all right, here's my chips on the table. Now I'm getting one of my main f- main faces of the company back tonight. You know, that's another thing a lot of people are forgetting. Not only has Punk been out, Omega's been out for damn near a year. Adam Cole's been on the shelf. Yep. Um, a lot of others I'm forgetting. So when we start getting those guys and gals back, it's only going to help the company. Right. Right. No. So Great to see Punk back tonight. Yeah, that was a fun surprise. And that's, that's another reason why I like AEW. They can surprise me more than a lot of other companies. Well, you got to remember... TNT or TBS, TNT, whatever. They do not like press releases of all. They, they want the surprise. So, except they were pissed at the Sting one, if you remember yeah. in twenty twenty, they were pissed at that 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 wasn't advertised beforehand. But, yeah. but we got we got yep. we got a good one tonight. So, yep. Again, yep. hopefully this is a really good foundation up into all out, and we just start building into it. Uh, from now, I think we'll start getting matches officially announced next week. We need, yep. we need to, we need yeah. to, because well, if you if you can knock again, I'm nitpicking. If you can knock on on AEW, they go into these pay per view events and mm-hmm. they'll wait the week of to announce these matches. Even because even if you think about it, even when we do our our uh, our predictions. We do them on Wednesday nights, and then we might get three matches on Friday night that yeah. we don't even know about. So. That definitely happened on the ROH pay per view. We got yeah. like eight Friday nights. So, but uh, real quick before we sign off, give me your best predictions for the card as of right now. So obviously, if we agree, main event we're going to get Punk and Mox, right? <sighs> Trios title. Obviously, Bucks, Omega versus. I'm still going with Dark Order. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I Just because of the way the bracket lines just, up. Just because just of the story. Yep. Um, I don't see us doing an FTR versus uh, Swerve what, all out. What's what's their what's their name? Swerve. Uh, Swerve in our glory, I believe. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. I see. I see. Serve acclaimed. I really do. Yeah. And then the. I don't know what you do with FTR. You got to have them on there, don't you? They're you too hot not to. They're the best tag team in the world right now. I know. They hold more belts than anybody. Maybe you have a triple threat between those three. Yeah, but I, I just still want the bu- I still want them to take it off the box. 
And I think, I, I mean, I think we're going to get that third match. It's just they're making us wait a little longer than we want to. Um, yeah. Uh, women's match, I think we get Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm. Yep. Uh, Jade Nathena, I would say. Yep, Jade Nathena. Um, Jungle Boy Christian. Yep, Jungle Boy Christian, uh, Starks Hobbs. Um. Are we gonna get Warlow Singh? You think? On the, I don't know where else you go with yeah, the TNT title. Thing. Um, and then I think you get. Uh, I don't know. You th- I think you get the the Ass Boys in there somehow. Maybe you get them. Miro Malachi. Miro, but or do you or do you still work in Sting Darby there? Yeah. And then you got Hook, FTW Champion Hook. Yeah, we'll find out Friday maybe where, where he's going to go. You got to throw him on the pay per view somewhere. Yeah, even if it's in the pre show. So, I mean, again, <laughs> uh, I was listening today. I was listening to Cornette, and he was talking about SummerSlam. SummerSlam is three hours and 40 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was praising them because AEW is four hours plus. But we're, we're getting up to a point where All Out going to have a ton of matches and. It's gonna be a long night. It is, and and I and I hate when they're long nights, but I also tell myself it's four times a year. That's the difference. You're right. But, That's the difference. Well, maybe five this year because of Forbidden Door. But there was that report that Dustin Rhodes said there's been talks of making some of their pay per views two nighters. Now Tony Khan of Busted Open today said that has not been talked about. He was disappointed Dustin even went out there and said that. So who knows what, what what's if, being if, talked about there? But do, if you could do one price for two nights and they're two and a half hours a piece. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm in. Right, right. It's uh, you can book that weekend and make yourself available. I mean, WrestleMania has worked for that, so I mean they're going to keep going. It works for Wrestle Kingdom, so it can work. I I would like to see AW do it with one event, but not all four. So maybe pick between All Out or Double or Nothing, whichever you want to consider your bigger one, and whichever one you go to nights, assuming you only do it once, is your biggest. You're saying is your biggest one, right? So. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll, that'll be a good week in Chicago. Yeah, and sure. and Punk in the main event in Chicago It'll be fun. Shocker, <laughs> it'll be fun in the. Uh, no, it won't be in the same building that Moxley won the world title at Revolution twenty twenty. That was in a different arena in Chicago. Yeah, they're they're going back to. Is it still called the Sears Arena? I call it that, but it's. I don't even know what's called anymore. Okay. Sun. Sun Trust, Sun. Sun, I, I think you're right. Something like that, but because the Revolution was that one more downtown, I don't remember what that was either. There's well, so many up there. Yeah, I don't. Forbidden Door was in United Center. United Center, so which that was a big one, so. kind of surprised they didn't do that again. But you don't want to run it too many times. So yeah, yep. But uh, yep, another fun show. Thanks for filling in, Shep. I mean, you're the champ for a reason. You come uh, come in through the clutch tonight, uh, Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, hope he hope he gets well soon. Hope, so. hope he gets well soon. Um, it's actually perfect timing. We're gonna knock off here. Uh, my boy is starting fifth in the A main of Knoxville right now. We're getting ready to take the green flag probably in two minutes. So perfect timing. Um, yeah, great night. Go buy some KLP merch. You can get a shirt just like this one I have on. I got the 
uh, NWO inspired black and white one on last week. I had the Wolfpack inspired one. So you get get online, you can find the links and on all the uh, KLP uh, social channels: Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. Follow Austin Shepard on socials at the Shep Twenty Seven. You can follow myself at Tannerly Ninety Two, and you can follow Paul at Paul Zartman Nine Two One. For for Austin Shepard, I'm Tanner Lee. Join us next week as we kick out another podcast.